0: So, welcome to part 4 of the Matsera, part 4. Oh my gosh. Um The gospel in the stars is an, is an amazing thing. It's unbelievable the detail that he has put in there and how every uh people group and culture on earth for all time have all they all know they all know. They all know that the the names and the symbols, and uh, it's, it's been, it's, uh, it's unbelievable, really. (laughs) But it's also, uh, it's hard to make this flow into a Bible study. So it hasn't been my favorite. And it probably hasn't been your favorite either. But it's something you should know so we're going to finish this off tonight and then next week we're going to get into uh, some fun stuff some really fun stuff we'll do the true story of christmas and the way it's actually laid out in the bible and the way things really work and all that. and then i think the next week is thanksgiving ish or something week after yeah the week after next so okay. after we do christmas then we have the thanksgiving thing so you guys aren't here, right? And you guys are you guys aren't here? And are you guys here? Are you doing anything for Thanksgiving? Yes, but we we're, we're here. Okay. And here, so. so so you probably won't. Well, we're thinking of we have we have to go see my dad at some point. So we're thinking of doing it that weekend. So maybe we'll have, we'll finish the Matzeroth tonight, or I will be forced to. um, And then we'll do the Christmas thing. And the, 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 the bad thing is Hanukkah is really early this year. It starts the 26th, I think, 26th through the 6th or something of November. Yeah. So uh, what I'm thinking is since most of us won't be here and we might not be here, I may do a Hanukkah thing and just post it you know um, but anyway, we'll do next week we'll do Christmas and I think is this correct and then the week after that we won't have study here I mean you're welcome to come, but nobody'll be here um, okay you might oh, okay. So oh yeah okay Jordan will be here it's she'll do it, she'll do a Bible to go. study uh, I'm and then going on one week. Yeah, well, just a few days. Yeah, don't, please, I have enough stress. Um, And then we'll pick up, so we'll do Christmas, uh, the Christmas thing next week. I will, I'll, I'll do a Hanukkah thing if Jordan can show me how to record it and post it. And then we'll be starting again the first Friday of December, I guess, whatever that is. Okay, and then we'll... So that's smack in the middle of Bonico. Okay, well, we, yeah, okay. So anyway, we'll figure it out. But next week, Christmas, week after that, nothing. And then we'll start over again. Okay, so uh, on one hand, I want to apologize for the Matzroth being so boring, but it's, it's, it's I know, I know, it's, it's not boring. It just doesn't flow like a regular Bible study does. Right. And it, uh, but it's important to know. And, you know, and I have done... I can't even tell you how many hours of research and it's, it's just, it's, it's such an intense picture of the hand of God. It's crazy that he did all this before he even put Adam on earth, right? This was day four. He mounted all this stuff in the sky. So the entire story from beginning to end, of course, was known to him. Uh, long before you know we're still we're living and I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow and I but he does and he you know he's known and I have maintained for 20 years that the the patriarchs knew you know somehow they knew the whole story and we see glimpses of that as we go through scripture in various places and in various extra biblical books and stuff but it's just you know, God does not, he's, he's like the, the God of loopholes. He never leaves anything undone or untouched. And to the extent he put all the stars in the sky and knew all of their names and made the story for all time in the sky so that every person and every culture, every, everywhere would know the story. And like Roman says, they are without excuse. And we read a lot, or I read a lot of these scriptures. And uh, it's like, oh, my gosh, it means something totally different now, because I know he put it up there to begin with. So um, we're going to finish up today one way or another, and then we'll move on. But I want you to know that it's been uh, it's, it's just intense what he did. So this picture, again. This is what the world tells us, that the big yellow ball is the sun, and it's rocketing through space around uh, some other galaxy, I guess, at, we did the math, whatever it was, 575,000 miles an hour, and the Earth is spinning at 66,600 miles an hour, and it's tilted at 66.6 degrees. And it's rotating like that because we think of it rotating the sun, but the sun's traveling. So they're all, all the planets are doing this corkscrew thing. And so we're, did the math according to whatever that website was I gave you. So we're right now we're, we're supposedly traveling at 2,361,700 miles an hour. And yet all the stars and all the constellations have remained the same for all time. So maybe, you know, maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. But I know the constellations have remained, you know, they move 1% every 71 years, I think was was the, the math. Um, so and I, I mentioned there's the 12 constellations. Each constellation, of course, has three deacons. So there's 48 constellations that the that the entire um uh, of the matzeroth that the entire story is laid out in and it's broken up into three groups of four and this begins the last four so this is the last group and of course appropriately enough the last group um, refers to the final consummation of the messiah of, of everything that happens at the end so our last four begin with taurus and there's a couple of pictures You know, if you look up into the night sky, of course, it's difficult for us because we're not familiar with the stars and where they are and all that stuff. It's difficult for us to actually find the constellations, but there's a, you know, that naturally the lines don't exist, but that's the constellation Taurus. And then the next one is the, you know, is the picture that we draw in our minds of the constellation and all the as he put all the stars up there and gave all the names and related the story to Adam, uh, you know, there had to be in his mind a picture because that's the way humans work. You tell us something and we immediately draw a picture of it in our mind, whether it's true or not, but that's what these constellations are. He, He gave you something and then we fill in all the blanks and kind of make the story so that we can remember it. So the constellation Taurus is the bull, of course, you know, and the bull is got his head down and he's charging and he's got um, two big horns. And the way that this creature is described in the, I'll say mythology, but that's not really the right word, is it's it's a huge, huge bull, bigger than any elephant. It's strong and untamed and it's dangerous and that's the picture of Taurus. Um, Some of the stars that are in in the constellation are called the head, the captain, the mighty chief who will come. Um, And the constellation Taurus is only the front part of the bull, the two front legs and the head and the horns and the upper body. And as it lays out in the heavens, the back part of Taurus is actually um, Aries the ram, the back part of the of Aries. So, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's an interesting picture. If we, if it is the Messiah to come, and it's the end and all that stuff, he's coming to judge, right? We know that the second time he comes, he comes to judge. And it makes sense that he's a bull in a china shop, and his head is down and, and all that. But the rest of that constellation then is the lamb, which is kind of interesting. Uh, this constellation has been forever associated with the deluge or the flood of noah it's said to be bright white in color the stars which is of course a picture of purity and honor Um, and the scripture is is, uh, is not shy at all about talking about the indignation to come and that's of course what Taurus is representing so he's bull with his heads to head down and he's ready to smash anything some people say the two horns represent the two sons of Yosef uh, Ephraim and Manasseh and Ephraim sort of represents Yaakov which is Israel which would be us if you know if we have come to faith and we are not born into Israel the celebration of Christmas is a Catholic
1: thing. Yes, it is. Okay. Well, it's of, a pagan
0: thing. The born like the yes, during. Well, no, September. In September. During Tabernacles. September. During the Feast of Tabernacles. In September. Yes. Yeah. Well, it is September. yes. Yes. Well, some some years, Tabernacles is into November, but the year he was born, it was in September. Well, it's a pagan thing that the Catholics adopted. Yeah, that's why we don't do it. So, but that doesn't sort of work with my Taurus thing. So... Next week. <laughs> next week, next week, we're going to talk about, and I say Christmas, but it's not Christmas. It, you know what I mean? It's the Christmas cards that you get and the truth. You go to schools and you see the plays or you see all of the, the stuff that they do. Well, that's all wrong. So I'm going to give you what the Bible says. But yeah, it happened in September, not in December. That's correct. And it was during the Feast of Tabernacles. So be here next week. Okay, so if the two son, if the two horns represent the two sons, one of the sons represents Yosef, uh, I mean uh, Ephraim, which is Yaakov, which is Israel, which is us. Um, it could be said, and it has been said, that one of those horns is us, and the other horn represents uh, the house of Yehuda. You know the two the two uh, sticks of Ezekiel and all that. Okay, so uh in Isaiah 13, if you're taking notes, you can read that chapter later. It talks about the judgment and destruction of Babylon, the day of Yahuwah is at hand. It comes with wrath and fierce anger. Uh the stars and the constellations and the moon no longer give light. He will punish the world. Everyone found shall be thus thrust through, and it shall be as when Elohim overthrew Sodom. So that uh Chapter sort of equates with Taurus nicely. Second Thessalonians 1 9 says, And to you who are troubled, rest with us when Adonai Yeshua shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not Elohim, that obey not the gospel of our Adonai Yeshua HaMashiach, who will be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence. Of Yahuwah and from the glory of his power, which, you know, like I say, the Bible is not shy about talking about that in time. Uh, You can also look up Revelation 6, uh, chapter verses 12 through 17. Okay, there's two pictures here of the first deacon of Taurus. um, And that the, the first picture, you can actually make a case for you know what this deacon is from the stars. It's a very rare deal. Usually the stars are totally random. Um, so the second picture is the sort of stylized image that we get. The first deacon is Orion, and Orion is uh, famous throughout Scripture, and it's one of the constellations that most people are familiar with because of the three stars in the belt of Orion. They're easy to pick out in the skies, and then there's a there's three more stars that drop as his uh, as his uh, sword. The, the, the picture of him shows his hand raised with a club in one hand. In the other hand, he's got the head of a slain lion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's the lion, of course, that roams around seeking who he can devour. His left foot is raised to crush the head of the enemy. Then his right foot is bearing his weight. Uh, 1 Peter 5.8, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeketh, seeking whom he may devour. Uh, Yermayahu 16. And of course, uh, you can always read chapter 16. It's awesome. But verses 15 and 16, but Yahuwah liveth. That brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from the lands, whether he hath driven them. And again, we've talked about that, you know, many times. The ten tribes were scattered. He scattered them because of their disobedience. But the entire book is about him bringing them back. So from the lands, whether he has driven them and I will bring them again into their land and I will give them to their fathers or that I gave to their fathers. Behold, I will send for them many fishers, saith Yahuwah, and they shall fish them. And after I send for them many hunters, then they shall hunt for them from the mountains, from the hills, from the holes, and from the rocks. And if you remember, we've uh, done a couple studies on this whole hunter and fisher thing. Uh, we'll save that for another day. Uh, beetle, beetle guys, Beetlejuice in, in uh, that movie, yeah whatever um is a first magnitude star and it actually means the branch coming his right right shoulder is is uh the star rigel which means foot crashing and his right foot is about to crush the enemy the second deacon is iridanus which is the river of judgment or sometimes called the river styx you can read daniel 7 uh, 9 through 11 this is an interesting little section yeshiahu 30 starting in 27 behold the name of Yahuwah cometh from afar burning with his anger and the burden thereof is heavy his lips are full of indignation and his tongue is a devouring fire and his breath as an overflowing stream or this river shall reach to the mid of the the, the midst of the neck and that's an interesting phrase, it's, you know, I've got it up there, kasa ad sev. you know, you're going to read it yourself. And it actually means to cut the cord of binding. So the, what he's, you know, this section of scripture is oh, his anger and his burden and indignation and the devouring fire, and his breath, the overflowing stream, and he's cutting the cord of binding us. You know, the, and that would be we're bound to the enemy. I mean, we, we live under the prince of the power of the air, and everything around us is controlled by the enemy. And we know that today more than uh, maybe people have ever known it. I mean, everything that we hear and see and is all controlled uh, for one purpose—to divide us from uh, the Lord. And 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 that's why I picked this section. I and you don't immediately read that when you read it in English, but this section is about him coming and. This, this final cutting of the bond or the cord that he's going to do. He's going to sift the nations with the sieve of vanity and there shall be bridle in the jaws. And again, this, this, this term, um, it means curb against softness. The people have become soft and he needs to, he needs to toughen us up. He needs to, so he's going to be doing that. So the softness of the people, causing them to stray or err. They shall have a song as in the night when a holy solemnity is kept. Gladness of the heart is when one goeth with a pipe to come to the mountains of Yahuwah, to the mighty one of Israel. And Yahuwah shall cause his glorious voice to be heard, and shall show the lightning down of his arm. With the indignation of his anger and with the flame of a devouring fire, with scattering tempest and hailstones, for through the voice of Yahuwah shall the Assyrian be beaten down, which smote with a rod. And again, in English, you don't really get this, but this, this term a uh, rod is shebet, which is the word for a scion, which is a, well, you all know what a scion is, right? Um, when you're grafting plants together, you take a full grown plant, say an olive tree, and you cut a little v in a particular spot typically where there's a a branch or something and then you you have a scion this thing you're adding to it and you cut it to fit in the little slot that you just put in and you stick it in the other plant and you wrap it up and it's interesting i mean any any farmer who does this will tell you you know in three days if it's going to take or not and which grafting? which' grafting exactly. And so that's what we are, we're grafted in. But this verse says that through the voice of yahuwah shall the Assyrian, who you know the Assyrian is the enemy, typically in scripture, shall the Assyrian be beaten down, which smote with a rod, a scion. Us, we're the ones grafted in. So in this verse he's saying, we are the ones that he's going to use, to smite the Assyrian, which to me is kind of cool. Um, Anyway, the river of the judgment uh, issuing from Taurus and Orion shall take the judged to the lake of fire. Uh, Revelation 20, 14 and 15. and And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So that's this river that takes you there and you know if you're familiar with the Greek mythology the river Styx that's what the river Styx was right it takes you to your final destination that you don't want to have to go okay so the next uh deacon the third deacon is is an interesting one do you see the pick the okay so you see that's the deacon it's kind of like a modified home plate right? And you go to the next picture, that's what they get out of it. So that's this guy. And again, these are just, these are stories. They're stars in the sky with names and places and an order, so that if you remember the star names, you've got the entire story without having to have a Bible, which is, you know, kind of cool. Um, So this third deacon is Aruga the shepherd. And it's Again, you look at the drawing of this gentleman, and you know how do you get that out of home plate? You don't. But the drawing is this shepherd. he's seated, presumably on his throne. He's got a a, a, a goat or a, a lamb, and one arm of the lamb is holding on his neck. And then he's got two baby lambs or kids, in his lap, and he's got the the ribbon, which is the ribbon of authority. And we've seen that in three or four of these constellations in his other hand. So he's positioned in such a way that Taurus, the bull is charging near him or at him. And he's got in his lap, the kids, the baby goats and the sheep or the goat, you know, with its its leg around his neck, he's protecting them. So this guy is seated in the Milky Way, holding the ribbon of authority, and he's he's protecting his flock as the judgment comes, because Taurus, if Taurus is the judgment, he's protecting the flock as he goes by, which is kind of an interesting, uh, you know, and again, you think about all this stuff was put in the skies just by the names of the stars, obviously you're not going to get all of that out of that home plate shape thing so uh micah 5 4 and he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of yahuwah and the majesty of the name of yahuwah his elohim and they shall dwell secure for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth and yeshen forty eleven, he shall feed his flock like a shepherd he shall gather the lambs in his arms, and he shall carry them in his bosom, and he shall gently lead those that are with young. That's the picture of this guy, right? That's the 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 words that the Lord put up in heaven, and it's you know the the, the ribbon, like I say, it's the same uh, it's the same word we've seen in uh, not not to mention Pisces, but uh, there's been two or three other constellations we've seen that ribbon of authority Uh, the main star is capella and it's a star of particular brilliance and it's located right in the heart of this constellation Um, and again to remind you of the heart of the shepherd protecting the flock during the tribulation which should bring some comfort because the tribulation is coming The tribulation is about to be here. I just read today, uh, Singapore passed a law saying you're no longer entitled to their version of Social Security if you're not vaccinated. And Polis just uh, out of his butt pulled a new law that said you can't, the hospitals don't have to treat you if you're not vaccinated. Hospitals and freestanding emergency rooms do not have to treat you if you're vaccinated. So soon it'll be the same unvaccinated, sorry, like a Kamala Harris. -er. So, you know, soon it will be in this country. If you're not vaccinated, you can't collect your Social Security or Medicare. You know, it's coming. So the tribulation is coming. So remember this guy, if you look up there and you see home plate, remember what he's doing is he's protecting the flock right against the tribulation to come. And the tribulation is coming. Uh, Gemini is the is the next one. And here's a couple pictures, maybe, of Gemini. That constellation is uh, easier to pick out than some because it's fairly complicated. But it's still you have to know the stars and where they are to find it. You go to the next one and that's the uh, the drawing or or the mind picture of what these stars represent. Gemini, of course, is the twins. And it's the picture of two youthful, beautiful young figures sitting together with their feet dangling in the Milky Way. Um, One has a harp in one hand and a bow and arrow in the other. The other's arm, one is around his partner and and there's a club, uh, but it's not raised in any sort of fashion. So, you know, with the bow and arrow and the club and the harp and the closeness of the people, it's sort of a joyful repose after a battle and remember these four constellations are talking about the the end the the things that are going to happen at the end time and that's uh, that's one of the things we can expect is well those are two of the things we can expect is a there will be a battle there's going to be tribulation and uh, stuff that will happen but there's going to be a repose after it because our guy wins, right? We're on that side. And this picture of Gemini, and I, the, the two people together has been variously linked to all sorts of uh, people. You know, one of the most popular is, of course, it's uh, the bride and the bridegroom. Um, it's the Jew and the Gentile. It's Israel and Yehuda, who, you know, whoever it is, it's any of those pairs that we know it could be. And that's one of the, the the, the cool things about him, uh, him, the Lord putting some stars in the sky with different brightnesses and giving them different names and putting them in a particular order. And in our mind, we figure out what the picture is. So the picture is what's important to us. You know, it's not necessarily the same for everybody. And as we look at all the different cultures um, in all the different countries for all time, the pictures are different, but the stars and the ideas are always the same. In every, you know, in every nation and culture that's ever been, this is Gemini, it's the twins. But how they relate that is always slightly different. It's, it's meaningful to them. And all of these are that way for us. First Thessalonians 4.17. Uh, then... We which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet Yahuwah in the air, so we shall ever be with Yahuwah. And again, that's this thought about the twins Gemini. There's two of them, they're together forever. They have been up there from before the time Adam was put on earth, and they will be there uh, until he rolls up the heavens like a scroll at the very end of days. The first deacon. Which you see there, uh, you see a couple pictures. Oh, yeah, you see the picture of the stars? You guys have played that game, right? You lay on the ground and you look up at the stars or the, the clouds and you make, okay, so you see the stars. You could almost make a, a rabbit out of that, a hare, right? I see a deer. Okay, it's it's not a deer, but that's right. It's a hare. And for some reason, and I don't really get this, uh, the hare is the enemy. It's equated with the enemy, you know, and I can't imagine. Well, I I guess they dig up your garden. okay? but our neighbor, our neighbor has a hare, has a rabbit. Yeah. And just a cute little device. And I think I think our children have a rabbit. So anyway, anyway, Lepus, the hare, is this constellation and he's the enemy. And the image is Orion's foot. Remember, is raised to slam down well it's slamming down on the poor rabbit um anyway the stars in this hair the enemy include mad caught deceiver and a bunch of other ones uh tele-im or psalm 68 21 but god shall wound the head of his enemies and the hairy scalp of such as one that goeth on still in his trespasses so um yeah, the enemy, they're taking care of the enemy. The second deacon is serious. And that's, of course, not the uh, radio thing. But that's where they got it. Uh, and the, it's called Canis Major, the dog, or sometimes called the wolf. And he's right after the hair. He's like, he's going to get this hair like all good hunting dogs do. So that's where he's positioned in the sky. And you see the picture. It almost looks like a dog. Yeah, you could sort of get a dog of it. But it has Sirius in it. And Sirius is one of the brightest stars, if not the brightest star in the sky, at least at some points during the year. So that's another one of those places for people like us who are not super familiar with the constellations and the, and, and and all the names of all the stars and stuff, we could look and see Sirius because it's a very bright star, and that's a place where we could start and read the constellations. It's interesting because Sirius in Hebrew is Seir, Nasir. Hebrew uh, the word branch is not is seer. It's sort of a variation of. In English, Nazareth. So there's this linguistic connection um, with, of course, the the guy from Nazareth, the Messiah. So the question is, um, well, the third deacon is another dog and they follow along together. So the question is, is this the bigger dog representative of the chosen people, the chosen God's people, the people of Israel? And then um, go to the next picture. So you see Canis Major down at the bottom and you see Canis Minor at the top. So Canis Major has Sirius in it, which is a very bright star. Then you see Orion and uh, Lepus the hare. And up there in the left corner is uh, Canis Major. And there's another very bright star, Pricon or Procon, And he's the second dog. Uh, or the third dog well the third deacon is the second dog trailing after the first he's smaller maybe a little more feeble um, but he has a very bright star very bright star procon and he's traveling with the big dog so the question is if the big dog represents the people of god the chosen ones the israel or hebrews however you want to phrase that the people from the land Does this constellation represent us? Because we're following along, you know, and we're not necessarily the big dog, but we're certainly following along. So that would be a constellation maybe to go out and find and keep your eye on. Um, The next constellation is Cancer. There's a picture of Cancer in the stars. Um, Then there's another picture of how it's oriented with some of the other constellations. I don't know if you guys can read that, but you can see Gemini, the twins and Cancer and some of the other constellations. Um, and then there's one more picture. Of I can't. Oh, here it is. Do you, can you see the crab in that? OK, because I can't. <laughs> I know it's in there, but I can't see it. Uh, it just shows some of the big stars in that constellation. And uh, Cancer is actually a pretty large star cluster and it has a lot of stars it's just above hydra and between leo and gemini and of course sirius Um, and a lot of people believe that this is the constellation that caused the egyptians to uh, believe that the beetles are sacred because of where it's positioned and it's similar in style and again you know you're traveling thousands of years through different cultures and different lands and all of the you know you've seen the stars, they don't make those pictures. You have to make those pictures up. But all cultures come up with the same names and the same pictures. And the Egyptians instead of a crab came up with a beetle and you can kind of see how uh, how that would happen and why the beetle is sacred because of course, um, you know it's this if it's constellation of the crab is born of water, right? Just like uh, those who have been born again. Uh, you know, water is, remember Aquarius is is pouring out the water and the fish who represent the believers are drinking up the water. And this crab is born of that water. Um, it's made up of a ton of uh, of small stars. It's a star group called precipe I guess. Uh, and in English, uh, it's it is a multitude it means a multitude or offspring or in some languages it's called the innumerable seed so in some sense it could be thought of as us Uh, one of the things i forgot to say is is taurus in the very heart of the constellation of taurus is the is the star called Perseids, or where the big meteor shower every year comes from so i would always go out and watch because it's intense it's It's many, many uh, meteors a minute. It's a fun one to watch. And it comes out of the heart of Taurus. Um, Okay. So the next const or the deacon, the first deacon is Ursa Minor. So I could call it Ursa Minor, but you would call it something different. Yeah. You would call it. Okay. Okay. the big dipper the little dipper one of the dippers it's minor it's, minor. it's, it's little. the little it's the little dipper and again this is one of those constellations even though we don't know anything about what the lord had said because we're you know we're not in tune that way which is unfortunate that's one we can always find because we know i mean go out any day and you look up or any night and you look up and you can see the big dipper and the little dipper right so that's another place you could always start but ursa minor is called the lesser sheepfold. And again, with the same idea of, uh, and you know where we're going next, Ursa Major, the big dipper, is called the, the bigger or the greater sheepfold. So it's the same thing. You have these two groups of people that are in the sheepfold. Well, who are in the sheepfold? We are, right? The people that belong to the Lord. The house of Israel is in the sheepfold. So you've got a greater sheepfold and a lesser sheepfold. And you've got a greater dog and a lesser dog. And it's the same idea. There are these two people, these two groups that make up the one group, the group that's, that's been born again, the group that's saved, the group that's following um, the Messiah. And this makes it, the Big Dipper and the Little Dipper are something everybody, everybody, everywhere knows immediately. So you can look up and draw some comfort of seeing the Big Dipper and the Little Dipper and knowing that God himself put those in the sky for you to know that you're saved, right? You, if you're following the Messiah, you're golden. And it's kind of, you know, amazing. I think about the Little Dipper, if that's us, and, and Pricon, the, the smaller dog, if that's us. Um think about all the people in Scripture that are us, right? We're not we're Gentiles. You know, there's no other way to phrase that. but we have we have joined ourselves to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? Well, so did Caleb, because he was a Gentile. Ruth, she was a Gentile, Rahab, she was a Gentile, Elijah. He was a gentile. I mean, there's a whole list of people that would find themselves in the lesser sheepfold and included in the pricon, the smaller dock, right? And they're uh, they're all throughout Bible, the, the Bible. Okay, so Ursa Major. Question. Are we part of the lesser because our numbers are no? I would say our numbers are larger. I would say we're part of the lesser, and it could be the other way around. I don't know. Yeah, we, we, we came into this, we weren't chosen, you know, we weren't the ones assigned to bring this to the, to the view of the world. And they didn't do such a hot job of that. But of course the word got out and I'm suggesting, I don't know, maybe it's the other way around. You know, maybe we're the big dipper and the big dog. I don't know. But the point is there's two of them. (laughs) there's two groups there, and they both are equal when it comes to the Messiah. Um, So that's the second deacon, Ursa Major. Uh, The third deacon is this interesting one. It's, uh, you've got two pictures. Well, this first picture, this, this constellation is actually made of four separate constellations. So instead of 48, there's actually 52. But this constellation is made of those four that you see and the names are up there. Uh, I couldn't pronounce them, even if I could see them, which I can't. OK, and you see Sirius up there, so that Sirius. puts you in the neighborhood. Uh, but those uh, three or four, there's four constellations there. They make this third deacon called Argo. So go to the ship, the picture. So that's the picture in their mind. So this is Argo, the ship. And, and if you're at all up on your uh, you know Greek mythology, Argo is the ship that sailed the galaxies or sailed sailed the skies in search of the golden fleece. Right? There's no matter what uh, culture or race or nationality or age. This is always a story. You're 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 going after the um, what did um, Harrison Ford go after the uh, the golden cup of something or other. Holy grail. That's it. And Monty Python too. Went after the holy grail. The Greeks, uh, they had a a boat that sailed the galaxies and was after the golden fleece. There's always, whatever your culture is, there's always something that they're after this prize, right? And that's Argo. They're after this prize. And what's the prize? Well, for the Greeks, it was the golden fleece for, uh, whoever it was. It was, it was the, uh, holy grail i mean it's always something right well that it that's it's just representative of what the greatest prize is salvation right and so this is the boat that went and got the golden fleece and is coming back and you know the account goes that the boat captain was killed by the um snake on board but the um you know the the gods in the sky, the constellation, the stars got the boat back so that the people could could gather the uh, the treasure in, the golden fleece, and then the captain was restored, He was resurrected. and um, and it's just interesting to me that in every culture, for all time, it's always the same story. It's different parts and different pieces, you know, and if and if this world were to continue, any any longer, I'm sure that it would be a starship, and it would be gathering, you know, something from the planet, whatever, and bringing it back. You know, it's it's, but it's the same story, and it's always the same story, and that is the story. So they bring back the golden fleece, the treasure for all the weary travelers, and the captain is resurrected, and all that stuff. Okay, so then the last constellation is the constellation Leo, Leo the lion. And you see the picture, the stars are shaped like that. And that, you know, you could, it's not a stretch to get a crouching lion out of that. There's the uh, picture of what it, you know, what it might look like in your mind. It's Leo the lion, lion of the tribe of Judah. Revelation 5:5. and one of the elders said unto me, weep not, behold, The lion of the tribe of Yehuda, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book to loose the seven seals thereof. Uh, When Jacob blessed his sons, he pronounced the blessing on his son uh, Yehuda as a lion. And that's the ensign is the head of the lion. Husha or Hosea 13. It says, and I will be unto them as a lion, a leopard. And that actually means clear water. By the way, I will observe them. I will meet them as a bear that is bereaved of her whelps, and she will rend the call of their heart. And there I will devour them like a lion. The wild beast shall tear them. The Lord is fierce about protecting and keeping us, just like you don't ever want to be in between a mama bear and her cub. You know, we lived in Eagle Vale forever. it's like the parting of the bears Tuesday night and Thursday nights because Wednesday and Friday were garbage days and there were as many bears out walking on a night like this as there were people and they are they could care less about you we're all buds my previous dog would make friends with them everything was good unless you got between them and their cuff and then uh you don't want to be you don't want to be there That was a bad thing, and that's the picture that they're drawing here because everybody who's ever lived anywhere knows that. You do not get between mama bear and the cub, and that's the picture. Um, Regulus, the king star, marks the spot of the heart of the lion. The first deacon is the hydra, the fleeing serpent. Oh, and there's the, the hydra he's the fleeing serpent he's under the foot of the lion and the hydra of course you don't get the scale here but the hydra the constellation the hydra uh traverses one third of the heavens (laughs) dude who wants you (laughs) it's kind of a jazzy beat though maybe maybe i'm getting it wrong and god is calling to correct it Um, the Hydra goes across a third of the universe. The skies, the constellations, and it's just interesting because, of course, we all know that when when Satan fell, he his tail of the serpent drew a third of the stars from heaven. Then that's how big. I mean, that is how big this constellation is. Um, let's see. Okay, so the next deacon, the second deacon is Crater. And you see the uh, the picture that looks like a cup. You know, so the second picture is the drawing. You see the Hydra. And on the back of the Hydra are two things. There's the cup, which is this deacon, this constellation. And then there's a raven. So this cup is the cup of wrath. telling him or psalm 75 8 for in the hand of yahuwah there is a cup and the wine is red and it is full of mixture and he poureth out of the same but the dregs thereof and all the wicked of the earth he shall wring them out and drink them so this is the cup of wrath and it's attached to the hydra um, the bowl is the third deacon and the last uh, deacon in our deal it's called corvus the raven um so proverbs thirty seventeen, the eye that mocketh at his father and despise this despise oh boy despises to obey his mother the ravens of the valley shall pick it out and the young eagles eagles shall eat it um first samuel seventeen forty six. And this day will Yahuwah deliver thee unto mine hand, and I will smite thee, and I will take thine head from thee. And I will give thee the carcass of the host of the Philistines to this day, the fowls of the air, to the wild beasts of the earth, that they in the earth may know that there is an Elohim in Israel. All through scripture, you'll see this picture. Birds are uh, always a picture of, you know, uh, other guy the other side so in this case i mean it's no different it's still the bird is especially the raven is a bad thing and the raven and the cup of wrath are on top of the dead carcass of the hydra so those are the actually 52 constellations that make up the Matsaroth. and i'm sure that you have all of them memorized So I wanted to just go through because it's taken much longer than I ever expected. And this is just not even scratching the surface. I just want to go through some of the things, some of the stars that we have learned. And starting in Virgo, and I'm just going to work my way through. It's the seed of the woman, the brightest star in the sky, the branch of Israel. He was born to a virgin and is the desire of all nations. His double nature is from the beginning the man of humility, the exalted shepherd. He is the one who plants, he is the one who harvests. He is God, he is man. He is the price to be paid, the cross to be endured the victim slain. He has purchased his crown. He corrects the scales and provides true and just rewards. He is both the source and the solution of conflict. He is familiar with the serpent's coils or actions. He is familiar with the struggles each of us have with the enemy. He is the working vanquisher of evil for all time. He is injured in the heel, but crushes the serpent's head. He is both the suffering servant and the savior of mankind. His sharp arrows will kill the servant and save his people. He gladdens the heavens by his actions and abilities, but he also builds the fires of punishment. He casts the dragon down. Only he can bring light out of life out of death. He is the lamb and the sin offering. He is the arrow of God pointed at the enemy, even though he is pierced and falling. Because new life can only come if the seed is put in the ground and dies. And then he springs up again, bringing abundant life. He is the source for living water from on high. He pours out heavenly living waters to sustain his people, carrying the good news, bearing aloft the cross over the earth. This good news is spread over all the earth. He is strong, beautiful, full of grace and purity. He multiplies the redeemed, his people, who are upheld and governed by the lamb. He is the band that ties his people to each other. He is the intended bridegroom for his bound and exposed bride who is ready for her savior. And he is the exalted bridegroom. He is the lamb found worthy and the watchers of his flock. He has released the bound bride to be ready Uh, He has chained Satan, he has broken the power of the evil one, he has triumphed and won the battle. His beauty is matchless, he is the invincible ruler to come, the captain and mighty chief, the sublime vanquisher. He binds the enemy and is the power and mechanism of his judgment, and he becomes the all-ruling shepherd and provides punishment, sending his vanquished To the river of judgment. He is the protector of the flock, the defender of the young and weak. He is the very marriage of the lamb. The enemy is trodden down under his feet. He is the prince coming in glory. His princely following is made up from all who seek after him. His possession is secured, his judgment unchanging. He leads the lesser fold of the church of the firstborn, and he leads the greater fold of the house of Israel. His cargo is the picture of value and worth, sailing into the heavenly everlasting kingdom. He is the lion of the tribe of Yehuda chasing the fleeing serpent, and he pours out the bowl of wrath upon the serpent and watches as the carcass is devoured. So that's what's in the sky. So when you look up there and see all those stars, you think, wow, that's cool. <laughs> to say you don't know the half of it is a lie. You don't know any of it. <laughs> Everything that you've ever read in scripture was first written in the sky in those stars. And I I, I appreciate your guys bearing with me because I know this has been uh, not the 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 most fun Bible study, but when you when you get this, and you just try to come to grips with the fact that as he created the entire universe, he put every star in the sky and gave every star a name, and it wasn't just like oh that's Bill, that's Bob. I'm throwing those there. I'm going to do that. Oh, that looks cool. There was a purpose and a reason for every star, and the fact that we know just a tiny fraction of the names. That was just a tiny fraction of them. Can you imagine when Adam knew all of them and he shared that with Seth and Enosh and Enoch and those are all in the books of the heavenly things that are now lost forever, at least until we get there. That's it's miraculous. All of the things that we think the Lord does and all of the miracles he does and the things we've seen in our lives. And, you know, we can look out and see the trees and the sheep and the, you know, whatever, and think, oh, that's awesome. That's great. That is nothing. Mm-hmm. Think about what he did in the skies. Yeah. It's phenomenal. So I'm, I'm, I, I will apologize to you for not being able to bring this in a, in a, in a better, more uh, attractive and entertaining way, but get past me and think about all the things that are up there. And if you ever wanted to get a little chart and pick a star or two or a constellation or two, And then you can start, you know, this follows that, and this follows that, and that follows this, that, oh, there's that, oh, that, look, I know the name of that star. I mean, it's amazing. And it shifts slightly as the year goes by, because it's not a perfect circle, it's an ellipse. And then it shifts, you know, one degree every 71 years, so it's not going to mean much to us. But we can go back in time and look at, you know, like I say, the Southern Cross was over Jerusalem when Yeshua was crucified. But that was the last time it was seen there because it was dropping off uh to the south that's why it's called the southern cross and you can no longer see it over the horizon anymore and it's back now because we're 2160 years or, or almost or 2000 years later so it's almost back now and i think wow what a coincidence right the thing about what had to happen for him to work out every last detail of all that stuff that had to happen not just the names and the stars and the places but the timing of it all so that it will all fall into place and he did that for you and it's pretty remarkable well, what i think is remarkable is all the, the things that in the bible that connects yeah with that's but the yeah you, how did the prophets or whatever even know well they knew they talked you know it was adam knew it all and he gave it to Seth. And uh-huh. Seth gave it to Enosh. Enosh gave it to Enoch. Enoch gave it to okay. Noah. Yeah. Well, what else do they have to do? There's no internet TV or cell phones. Yeah. Yeah. There's no light pollution. Uh-huh. You could see the stars every night. They lived in the desert for crying out loud. There's no clouds. I mean, it would be awesome, right? Uh-huh. And they probably were a heck of a lot smarter than we are today. Well, it <laughs> um, says so in the Bible. They, they the super supernatural... Thank you. super duty smartness yeah. <laughs> yeah. i don't i don't i don't i don't know but i do know that it's amazing and i can tell you absolutely 100% proof positive because every culture on every uh, nation on every continent for all time all knows the same constellations and you look at the stars and there's no way you're getting that picture out of those stars so that is something they learn and again, that goes back to Babel. What was uh, Nimrod doing? What was the Tower of Babel? Yeah. And it talks about it being the roof. Uh, and that's all it says. The head, Rosh Shemayim. The head of this tower, whatever that may be. The head, Shemayim. The, head, the top of it was the, the heavens. And it gets translated in English as they're building the super tall tower to get up to. I don't think so. And the, and the archaeology sort of backs that up. They found pieces of the roof of that structure that have stars and, you know, it was a planetarium and Nimrod was changing the story and God himself came down and said, I don't think so. And when he said, if we just let these guys all have the same language, they will be able to do anything they set their minds to. They would have been able to change the story. And so his response was he sent 70 different nations, 70 different languages. So these people couldn't communicate with each other. So every nation they went to, every place, every age, every time, they had the same stories. Because Nimrod never had a chance to corrupt that. Mm -hmm. And it's, I don't know, to me, it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. But, okay, that's that's where we are tonight. So tomorrow, next week, next Friday. Oh, I know, I can't either and I've been studying this for, I mean, tens and tens and tens of hours, and you guys are getting almost nothing out of it, yeah. but it's just phenomenal, <laughs> but just know that it's phenomenal. It's up there, and he did that for one reason, for you, and for you, maybe not for you, but, not. <laughs> but you know, he put that up there for us to know, so next week, we'll have the story of the birth of our Savior. How about that? Yeah. The birth of our Savior. The real story of the birth of our Savior. We're going to do dates, and we're going to. It's it's a crazy story. It's a fun story, and you will leave here thinking like I've always thought for the ten years I've done this. Is why don't these schools and churches do that story? It's a better story than the one they do. Well, moment oh, no. It's what: Well somebody needs to put a stop to that. <laughs> until I run into somebody like me. <laughs> then they stop. Okay, so that's what's going to happen is momentum is stopping next Friday, and we're going to talk about the <laughs> real story of the birth of our savior.) <laughs>